This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths, enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Start living your life to its fullest potential. Take back control, start fresh, set realistic goals, and live life with purpose. Valeria Tellis interviews Vernice Morris. She is a licensed clinical social worker, entrepreneur who identifies herself as an African-American woman. She is currently pursuing her 200-hour YTT yoga teacher training through Authentic Movements. Originally attending college to fulfill her childhood dream of becoming a sports agent, Vernice found herself as an AmeriCorps volunteer, serving the homeless population of Spokane, Washington. After her service year, Vernice decided to pursue her master's in social work. As she began working in the social work field, Vernice experienced her own mental health breakdown in 2016. Since, she has dedicated her life to working to support individuals in creating a life of their own design by improving their mental health, utilizing cognitive, behavioral, and integrative psychotherapy. Following in the footsteps of her grandparents, Bernice is a second-generation small business owner. Bernice resides in Arizona, where she provides psychotherapy to individuals and couples through her practice, Breaking Waves Counseling and has a passion for working with BIPOC and LGBTQIA populations. Meet Vernice at BreakingWavesCounseling.com. Here is the interview with Vernice Morris. In your own words, who is Vernice Morris? I am, I identify as BIPOC. So I am an African-American woman and I look at myself as being someone who's pretty eclectic. Um, I really try to take from different things in life, different experiences, um, conversations with other people, learning. My own therapy and growth has allowed me to like I said, kind of pull from different areas and create this being that I am that operates in the world through an an open lens. Like I'm a really open person and really like, again, to take experiences and connections with others and help myself grow into who I want to be. And I feel like I'm still in that growth period or that it never really ends, but I'm in it. I feel like I'm in the the crux of the growth, uh, being a 35-year-old woman at this point in my life. I love that. It's a beautiful message for all of us, as a message, in, as of a reminder to being open to life. That sounds very spiritual to me as well, Bernice. Do you have any spiritual ideas, vision, belief systems? 
So I look at spirituality as really anything. I think my time in what's called Al-Anon, which is for people who have loved ones or family members who are in active or in active addiction or in recovery. Um, it's a 12-step program. And during my time there, you know, it tell the basis of a lot of the 12-step programs is letting go and, you know, seeking a higher power. And I think for anybody that higher power can be anything. That's what I learned. So for me, spirituality kind of runs runs the whole gamut. Like it could be I'm a Christian woman or I could be a Muslim woman or, you know, practicing any of the different, like, what do you call it? Uh, circular religions. And I personally don't subscribe to anything. I just kind of look to the energies that I feel, the earth, again, going back to connections with others, I feel like helps you to really connect spiritually to the self and to others. And that's what I think spirituality is about, is about connecting to oneself, to one's higher power, and to those around you that you love and care about, or even those that you don't even know. I love that too, (laughs) as a powerful and empowering message. It is the truth, really, I have to say that. Wow, I love that wisdom, Bernice. Is that something that you learned Throughout life, this came from a moment in time, a moment of realization. Understand? I think I think it's come through life because I, life experience because I was raised in a Christian household, um, non-denominational, and um, my grandparents were both military, so they had a strong base in their faith, but they also had that like military connection, which helped them to build relationships, help them grow. And I feel like that as my base and then as I've grown, you know, through age, maturity, things like that, that I've connected to my higher power. So another open question is mental health. How do you define mental health? What is to be mentally healthy from your perspective? Mental health, I think, I hate, I feel like I'm saying this again, but I think it, it runs it runs a gamut in that it can be a number of things. So when you think of mental health or when we talk about mental health, we're talking about conditions, right? Um, like depression or anxiety or schizophrenia or um, any any of those. And that runs the gamut too, because there's so many different diagnoses that one can have. Um, but mental health also means that you're taking care of your, just like you take care of your body, you're taking care of your mind. You're doing things that challenge your mind, challenge your th- your way of thinking, challenging your perspective. That's mental health. Um, and then this, you know, the self-care piece of mental health is, I always tell my clients, it's doing something small, medium, or large each day that makes you feel good about yourself and your situation. And that could be for my people that suffer from like depression or have major depressive disorder. It could be, I took a shower today if I wasn't able to get out of bed, you know, and how does that, it's not only like a physical thing of like, I'm showering, but it's like a mental thing of like, can I be present while I'm taking a shower? Can I 
you know, think about the things that are keeping me stuck and how I can maybe work through it. Um, so I really believe that mental health is not just talking about depression and anxiety or any of those things. I think it's about talking about the human condition and how we think about things and perceive things and challenging ourselves and others challenging us to to look at our perspective on life or situation or ourselves. Another open question I have that I usually ask my guests is the purpose of the human experience. What do you think that is? What do you feel that is? I think the purpose is to love, live and have fun and to grow. And I think from, you know, talking about the spirituality piece, just based on my background, like challenges in life help us grow. And I think it's about taking a step back and looking at a situation and saying, instead of beating ourselves up and breaking ourselves down for what we didn't do or should have did or could have did or would have did or whatever, um, really taking a step back and thinking, what can I learn from this? What can I take from this? Does it teach me something? Does it give me a capacity to be of service to someone else or even service to myself? Um, which a lot of us are taught that that's selfish, right? To take care of oneself. But back to your question, the purpose of the human condition, like I said, is to love, you know, have fun and, you know, live. And we have we can do that in so many different ways. And each person's purpose is is different. And I think it's about taking time to connect with oneself and figuring out what is my purpose? And it's it's interesting that you asked that too, because my go-to this year for 2020 is balance and purpose, walking in purpose. As myself, as the, the human and in my condition, how can I be, how can I find my purpose and walk in my purpose on a daily basis. Have you found a clear purpose? Do you feel that being a therapist is the purpose of your life or is just an aspect of the purpose of that purpose? I think it's an aspect of the purpose because, you know, I, I'm a therapist by trade and I got into it because of my own struggles with mental health and my and what I saw other people struggling with. I decided to go into a therapist role rather than when I went to grad school, I wanted to be like a program manager. So when I think of like my purpose, I think the therapy part is one piece. And as I expand my practice and offer different things within it, I'm walking in that perp in that overall purpose of being of service to others. On your website, you have some powerful messages. I love the way you say that, the way you write. You say, start living your life to its fullest potential. Take back control, start fresh, set realistic goals, and live life with purpose. But then when it comes to, I have a question for you about living life to its fullest potential. I have heard that so many times. And what comes to me is always a question. What would that be like? What would that look like to live in that space of being fully potentialized, fully awakened? And perhaps you talked about growth before. So what is the destination for growth and potential? I think it's about being open. 
and kind of like I was saying before, our, we, we all come from different backgrounds, have different experiences, different perspectives, and living your life to the fullest potential is working, continuing to work on yourself on a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly basis, and doing the things that bring you joy bring you excitement, that challenge you, that, that makes you scared sometimes because getting, working through that fear, which, you know, a lot of people will say, well, what is fear? And fear is false evidence appearing real. And it's like fear sometimes can stagnate, make us stagnant or fear can propel us. So I think it's looking at kind of like you said, the human condition, looking at your condition and saying, okay, am I happy? And not so much happy, but if, am I okay where I'm at right now? And if I'm not, where do I want to be and how do I get there? And that's where like someone like me comes in for those of, those of my clients that come just for like growth or, you know, wanting to look at the past and see how it's impacting their current life. I'm I'm there to provide that that space to explore to see where can I go? What can I do? Who can I be if I'm not happy or content or okay with where I am right now? So living life to the fullest potential will look different for everybody. That is so true because we are all so different. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's about embracing embracing your experiences and saying, okay, again, what can I take from this? What can I learn? How can I utilize this going forward? And just really setting goals and just smiling and being like, okay, I'm going to do this and I'm going to live life. I'm going to live my best life. I just, I want to, and I need to. And like I said, I'm here to help people figure that out if they're not sure what that even looks like yet. What you said earlier resonates so much. It's being open, isn't it? To ask the questions, to answer the questions ourselves. So it takes a lot of courage, doesn't it, Bernice? Yes. Hmm. And speaking of courage, how do you describe what healing is? And another question is, what are the obstacles to healing? How would I describe what healing is? Healing is diving into the uncomfortable stuff and again, being open to whatever comes up and exploring those things. And I think what gets, what can get in the way of healing or hinder healing is allowing others to dictate what your healing looks like. Wow. That's powerful. (laughs) And it's really interesting because in the therapy rooms, our job is to help guide you through that process, not tell you how you should heal or when you should heal or when you're going to be healed. Like our job is to support you in exploring those things that will lead to your healing. And again, healing is on an individual basis, just like with grief and loss. There's, you know, the five stages and or six now, I think. And each stage can happen at any point of your of your grieving process. So the same thing with healing, like so many things can happen in that process and you have to be open to it and 
not let fear or other people, like I said, dictate what that looks like for you and how that happens. Because you and I might have a very similar experience and we need healing from it, but I might heal. It might take me six months to heal where it might take you a year or a year and a half to heal from the experience. And I think it's about being patient with yourself and not, and also not comparing your, your outsides. I mean, your insides to someone's outsides. Right. Yeah. That's uh, another important message. Wow. I love that about not rushing the process Mm -hmm. or comparing or trying to kind of listen to others when it comes to our own healing. But I do believe like what you do as a healer yourself, I call you a healer, I know you're a therapist, but I wish like everyone became a healer because then, wow, the world would look so different. It would. But in our own ways, even you know, even though the world looks how it looks, we all are healers in our own ways. Mm, And how we heal or how we assist others in healing sometimes is just by being a listening ear. Yeah, so true. Giving a kind word, affirming someone's experience or feelings, that allows people to heal. And a lot of us do that on a day-to-day basis for our friends, for our families, for our coworkers, Sometimes for people we don't even know, like you never know how you're in a drive through or in a store and you smile at somebody or you say hello, what that what that could do for that person's day. And what if they're having a bad day? You just helped them along in healing from what they were experiencing that day. That sounds so simple and so small, but it makes a huge difference. I agree. Yeah, I remember like my mother-in-law just moved in with us, my husband and I. And it changed the whole environment. And I remember when she moved in was last week, a lot of resistance from my my side and my husband's side too. And then now we are getting to dance better with the situation mm-hmm. and, and acceptance and come into this space of kindness, which it's to me, it's almost like a prayer. It's the way I live. So I'm trying to bring in that embodiment of that into the situation. And then I remember him, my husband saying, you know, it would help me a lot if you smiled every day, if you gave me a smile. Oh, my God. It made me cry because that's all he needed. All he needs, really, he said, to keep going with the situation, to keep himself strong. I just want to make sure you're okay and you can smile for me. It's interesting that you said that because, um, yeah, that's what came to mind. So in speaking of... um, kindness and the embodiment of that and the displays of kindness that we can all show at any moment. What is your understanding of love, Bernice? Oh, that's a good question. I think love, my understanding of love is that it's something that really something we give and receive. And kind of like my example in this about the store, like even saying hello to somebody is showing showing love, showing intentionality, showing um, that you care enough to say, hey, how's your day going? Or hi, you know? And I think love, love show, you can show love in so many different ways. And I love, love, love the love languages. I think they're so powerful because when you understand your love language and if you're loving someone else, whether it's a partner or a family member or a friend or whatever, like 
understanding their love languages only helps increase the bond that you have and the connection that you have because you're aware of how does this person really acknowledge love, receive it, give it. And I think if we were more in touch with those things, a lot more love would go around. And what does it take to engage in this practice, Vernice? Would you say awareness, self-awareness, or what would the practice be? I think education, educating oneself and and self-awareness, like it's really simple to, you know, with technology and accessibility now, you know, to get online and take the love language quiz or get the love language book if you really want to dive deep into it. But you know, just doing a love language quiz online and just just identifying how do I how do I like getting love loved on or loved and how do I give it? You know, like understanding that is just another way of self awareness and growth. I think I have talked to somebody. Yeah, of course, I had conversations about love language, and that's so true because, as you said, love is the giving and receiving. We all different, so we receive and give love differently. So true. And that's interesting. Just by listening to you now, it kind of made me think about my family again and how interesting. It's just sometimes it takes a conversation like this, like talking to you now to be reminded of them and, and how important it is. Um, let's see. You're the owner of Breaking Waves Counseling. I love the ocean. So when I heard that your company's name and the website it's very inspiring. What inspired you to give this name to your company and also give birth to your company? So I think the name was something that I, I I'm I, I want to say I'm good at this, but because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. I I, named, I gave my one of my dogs a very unique name <laughs> and I did research on it before I named him. And yeah. <laughs> breaking waves symbolizes a lot for me. Um, I grew up in New Jersey and I grew up in the shore area um, where, you know, I'm near, I'm close to the beach. So I would say I'm, I've lived my life, most of my life as a child, probably about 10, 15 minutes from the beach driving. And the waves, the ocean signifies a lot for me. When I was a teenager, when I got my first car and I would be upset or stressed about something, I would drive down to the the ocean and sit on the beach and just watch the waves. And it was very healing. And when I had some things come up um, since I've been in Arizona the last um, almost 10 years, there's no water here like that. There's no ocean close by. You have to drive more than 15 minutes to get to the ocean. Yeah. And so breaking waves just meant for me that watching the waves break on the shore in you know as it's as it come as they're coming in just is so cleansing and healing and you can connect with it whether you sit in the, you sit on the edge of the sand where the water starts or you um you know, you lay there or you just stand there with your feet in the water, you put your hands in the water, like it's so cleansing. And some people will say, well, Jersey water is not that clean. Mm. Well, okay, it's not Bermuda, it's not the Bahamas, it's not, you know, Fiji water, you know, nothing like that. But water is such a cleansing thing. 
Like we shower, we bathe. Why? We do it with water. Why? Because it's cleansing. So Breaking Waves for me is about the cleansing process, about cleaning up the cobwebs in your mind, cleaning out the the trauma, cleaning out all the stuff. Or as I say, we all carry either a backpack, some of us have a suitcase of rocks, right? The things that we carry with us. And my practice, my goal is to help people unpack those ba- those bags, that backpack, that suitcase, clean it out, get the rocks out of there, start start going through it. And you know, when you clean anything, you're going to wash it at some yeah. point. True. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yeah. You know, even yeah. if you have to like spot wash it, you're going to wash or the little spot cleaner thing is you're going to try to wash it. So, <laughs> so true. Um, you know, it, it, to me, it just came together um, that water is cleansing. It's purifying. It's amazing. It feels good on the body. And when people come into sessions with me, um, I want them to feel that way. I want them to feel like they can uh, take a deep breath and a deep cleansing breath and imagine being on the water or imagine being someplace safe and working on the things that they want to work on that are important to them. And like I tell my clients all the time, I say, when they come into sessions, what's on your heart and mind? It's a beautiful intention, though, as I said, off record, too. I love that, Bernice, that we can uh, learn to love ourselves and others at the same time, kind of do the the healing work and and feel the connection because we're already connected. But it's just um, kind of the feel of that. So thank you again for doing what you do. And with the water, I just want to mention, add a comment about, I don't know if you heard about this, but... I interviewed somebody about water. She was a water specialist, a water something. And she said that water is liquid crystals. And then somebody else said to me that crystals are the only minerals in on earth that's in perfect harmony. So that makes sense that you relate to water in a cleansing way, washing all the the baggage of the what weights us, what uh, keeps us stuck and limited. You're also pursuing a certification in yoga. So mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more about that because this is another cleansing uh, method, <laughs> powerful yes. one. So for me, I have a, I found a piece of paper of mine from when I was in my early 20s and it listed all the things that I wanted to accomplish in life. And one of the things on there was learning how to master yoga. And the purpose was, again, when I was in a rough spot, um, I was living in Washington State and I found yoga. I found the practice of yoga and it was more than just a physical practice for me. It was a spiritual practice. It was a way for me to connect with myself on the mat. And I decided um, when I found this piece of paper (laughs) about a year ago that I was going to pursue a yoga teacher training, not necessarily to teach yoga. I mean, that's the benefit of getting a certificate. I can teach it, but really to master my own practice. And what I've learned is that 
yoga is not just about the asana. It's not just about the positions. It's not about the poses. It's about the connection, the connection again to self, the connection to others, the connection to whatever you believe in, being able to be present, breathing, because we all breathe, but do we intentionally take time to do a cleansing breath or cleansing breaths or, you know, look at how we're breathing. Am I breathing really heavy? Is my breathing labored? Is it, you know, shallow? You know, whatever the case may be and seeing, okay, how can I breathe through this situation or this feeling? So the yoga is really important to me. And like I said, it's really helping me to improve my spiritual practice as well as my own personal growth. And it's challenging. Right. And it and there's some fear involved in it because yeah. um, <laughs> you have to do <laughs> different videos of yourself practicing <laughs> the training and all yeah. that stuff. And <laughs> that's scary, but it but it's also very rewarding. And I I love the training that I'm doing and the women that are hosting it. They're all about again connection and finding purpose in what you're doing and aligning that purpose to your practice. And that practice isn't just on the mat. Mm. Wow. I love all that. (laughs) Um, What is not to love about everything that you speak of? Are you planning to integrate yoga to your therapy practice? Yes, I do plan on doing that once I am completely certified. Um, I want to be able to I'm a virtual therapist, so I'm not in person right now. Um, so being able to do like a session where maybe, you know, the first 30 minutes is meditation and breathing um, or maybe doing some light poses and then going into talking about whatever's on the person's heart and mind or finishing up of, you know, what we talked about in the last session or what have you. But I, I would like to integrate it and... Um, really have it as something that's offered as well. Another topic that I would love to explore with you today is ketamine-assisted psychotherapy. I have heard, I'm not sure if this was on your website or online somewhere, a comment that says, ketamine is the only legal psychedelic medicine available to mental health providers for the treatment of emotional suffering. Talk to me for a moment about that. How is that conducted, Bernice, in a safe way? Um, I think there's there's a number of different ways that ketamine can be administered through what I know here in the States, Spravato, which is a, um, a nostril, I think, um, way of ingesting ketamine. Um, and then there's companies that have like, um, will send you ketamine, like the the actual um, trochees or pills and kind of guide you through that. But the ketamine assistant therapy that I've experienced, that I've done training in, is with intramuscular injection. And it's obviously microdose, so it's there's a certain level. Um, and you, you essentially go on a, a, a ketamine trip. Um, I don't know if that's the technical term for it, but I'm just going to call it that. Um, (laughs) And um, Uh in that, the process is to obviously ingest the the medication or the psychedelic. And then once you're 
once you start coming out of it or even through it, the therapist that's there with you will ask you questions and and let you kind of talk. In my experience, it was more of like being in the experience and having someone record things that I might have said or movements or behaviors or, you know, whatever changes in my presentation while under the influence. And then coming out of it, having notes and being able to talk to someone there about this is what I saw or heard or felt or thought or whatever the case may be, um, processing that with a licensed individual. Yeah, so it's very similar to psilocybin or LSD. So it's very similar. But I, I don't know what ketamine is. What is the component of ketamine? I'm going to be very honest with you. I don't really know all the chemical makeup of of ketamine. Um, I'm still a student, in a sense, of that. I know how to conduct the therapy in relation to it. Um, I don't administer it. Clinicians are not allowed to administer it. It's um, When I did the training, it was with a nurse practitioner, a a psychiatric nurse practitioner. And um, it's ketamine is legal here in Arizona um, to use for those purposes. But anything else, I don't, I'm not very well educated on like uh, Cetacylum and um, MDMA and things like that. I'm still a student in those. Yeah, thank you for your honesty and openness. <laughs> yeah, I don't know much about it. In ketamine, I never actually heard about it before. Yeah, just recently has been, that's a recent knowledge. But psilocybin, I have heard about in LSD and all those others. I think I have tried to myself, but that was involuntary. I was doing a meditation retreat in France <laughs> and they just gave me a cake that had it. They had, um, I think, psilocybin. Mm. So that was not a pleasant experience. <laughs> and there's a there's a great book, The Ketamine Papers, and it really goes into like the history of ketamine and psychotherapy with it and everything. And that's kind of my 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 ketamine Bible right now uh-huh. that, yeah. I, that I'm reading through. Uh-huh. That sounds really good as um, an exploration, not just um, in your case, of course, as a therapist, uh, applying that, offering that, but also for those who need something extra, right, Vernice? Mm-hmm. Because that's, yep. we all, we all different. So sometimes I have heard, I have talked to a lot of people who tried everything and nothing worked. And then they did uh, psychedelic assisted uh, therapy and it was really magical. It helped yeah. Them. So it's another option. What is the um, the main conditions that you assist your clients to go through? Would you say burnout, anxiety, depression? I would say it's always a combination of things. Because I feel like when a person comes in and they say, I have depression, and they might have officially been diagnosed or unofficially diagnosed, they di- diagnose themselves with depression, which happens sometimes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so true. <laughs> a lot of us like to self-diagnose with Google, so yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. each of us, we come with different things. Like it's not, it's never just, oh, I have depression or, oh, I have anxiety. There's other things that play into that, whether it's life transitions or grief and loss or burnout or 
you know, trying to figure out your sexuality or your spirituality or your communication styles or your love language. Like it, you know, I, I list these things on my website that I cater to, but I would say I I do a little bit of everything because the human, as you talked about earlier, the human condition is so complex. So someone coming into a therapy room might say, Hey, I'm coming for this one thing. But if I see you three weeks from now and something has happened, I'm not just seeing you for the thing I saw you for this week. I'm seeing you for what I saw you for this week and some. And so I think it's really important to, yes, as a therapist, we have to list what we cater to, but I think most therapists were pretty well-rounded in what we can treat. It's just that some of us have very specific specializations, like things that we enjoy and love treating or working, people working with those conditions. And I would say mine is you know, my big go-tos are depression and anxiety, especially anxiety. Um, And the burnout piece is something that I am working on um, in terms of offering a burnout retreat for women who are professionals or women in business, a a special three-day retreat that I'm going to be hosting in June um, for that population um, and and hopefully to expand maybe do a men's retreat for burnout, you know, like we'll see, we'll see how this first one goes and then <laughs> kind of branch out. But I would say what's listed on my site is what I mostly work with, but depression and anxiety, grief and loss is something that's really close to my heart and life transitions, which we all go through. And you offer individual therapy for teens and also couples therapy. So yes. that's great to know. And what is the best way to contact you? new clients? For new clients, um, I have it set up on my site where you can um, visit the site, look through it. I think it's an amazing site, tooting my own horn. Sorry, I didn't create it though. It is. It is. (laughs) I mean, I did did the content, but Uh. I didn't do all the stuff. Um, But um, Mm. I would say going to my website and scheduling a consult. Um, I do 15-minute consultations for free. Um, And that gives us just a chance to kind of briefly talk about what brings you to therapy. And I, in that time I can see, can I be of help to you? And, you know, I kind of give some background on, you know, my practice, what I do and try to see if it's a good fit. And I mean, it's scheduled for 15 minutes, but I would say most of them go about 30 minutes to 45 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The best way to contact me is through my website, which is breakingwavescounseling.com. And on my site, on every page, I believe, you can schedule a consult appointment. We also, Breaking Waves also is offering coaching, life coaching. Um, so that's something else if, if people are interested in life coaching with some components of um, therapy and looking at spirituality and some other things um, that's also available on my website. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I'll have the link on your podcast profile. And I do love your website. It's very inspiring. Oh. So my last question to you today is what three experiences you wish everyone to have before they lose the body, before they die? Oh, three experiences. To love, to have love. 
experience experience love, experience peace. And I don't want to say, I feel like happiness is so cliche, but I want to say I want people to live their best life, whatever that looks like. And I think if you can have love, peace, and live your best life with purpose, being present, and taking what you can from every experience, Mm. I don't think you can ask for more. I agree. I absolutely agree. How beautiful. Thank you so much again for your presence in this reality, the way you express yourself and for being open to life and let this inner wisdom to flow through you the way it does with a lot of clarity and creativity. It's truly beautiful. Thank you so much, Bernice, again. We'll be in touch again. Take good care of yourself. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Vernice Morris and her work, please visit breakingwavescounseling.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org/podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now. <laughs>